I always see community become this kind of buzzword, and especially during COVID. A lot of companies were talking about community. I, I felt like community was being misdefined. Like one of my biggest pet peeves was seeing people refer to their email newsletter or their Instagram as a community. I wanted to define what community actually means. And two, I just wanted to, to show the people that are running these communities. Welcome to Behind the Community Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Sims, and on every episode, I'm going to take you on a journey with me to uncover the truth of what goes on behind the community. I'll be speaking with industry leaders from all over the world to help you become the best community builder out there. Over the past decade, I've launched and scaled more than 40 different communities from a 10-person book club to a million-person finance network. Now, I'm very excited to share today's podcast conversation with you. Marsha Druka is a marketer and community builder. She's the founder of popular event Fuck Up Nights Toronto, which aims to destigmatize business failure. She's the host of Create Community Podcast, and she's the senior field marketing manager at Vizia. Our conversation covered how Fuck Up Nights Toronto started, how she builds meaningful connection through failures, the secret to engaging your community over a long period of time, how to secure incredible speakers for your event without doing any marketing at all, launching a podcast during lockdown, lessons from her podcast conversations like the founder of Burning Man. Also, some really good advice for community professionals during this tough time and a lot more. Thank you so much, Marsha, for joining me today. I'm really excited to talk to you about your community experience. This is all about looking behind the community and really focusing on that person, what you've built and trying to help as many community professionals as possible with their own journey. So let's dive in. I would love to start talking about Fuck Up Nights. I'm really excited for you to go into a bit more depth and tell me all about it and what made you start the Toronto chapter. Yeah, absolutely. And and first of all, thank you so much for having me on. I'm I'm really excited about this conversation and just love the whole premise of the podcast. So yeah, fuck up nights. It's you know, it's it's a fun and edgy name, but the community is it's not about swearing at all. We're a community that shares stories of professional failure and lessons learned. And our whole goal of existing is really to change the conversation around failure and really show people that there's a lot more that you can learn from failure than from success. And failure is really something that that makes us human, something that makes us relate to each other and something that helps us grow. The way that Fuck Up Night started, it originated in Mexico City, started by a group of entrepreneurs and kind of became this almost underground movement in Mexico City where people were kind of traveling through from other parts of the world and, and seeing it and asking how they can bring it to their cities. So fast forward to now, Fuck Up Nights is actually in over 300 cities, something like 80 or 90 countries around the world. And the way that I came across it was, was also internationally. I was working abroad and saw the event pop up on my Facebook. So I attended one of the events and just really fell in love with the whole concept. I've never really seen people share stories of failure before, so it was very refreshing. And the networking piece of it just felt really different. I, I think it was the first event that I've been to, you know, in, in, in tech and in marketing. 
that kind of felt more like a community than, than just an event or, or just a networking. So that was really the catalyst for, for me to start it here in Toronto. I, I came back from, from working abroad and was, was looking for, for my next step, was looking for cool events to attend in the city, and was really shocked to find that Fuck Up Nights didn't exist here. So I figured I would just try to launch it and, and see what happens. And if it fucked up, then, well, <laughs> that would be kind of ironic and I can share my own story. I love that. I mean, even if it was a failure, then it, it's it's an amazing story to tell. Anyway, <laughs> it's on brand. <laughs> yeah, it's very on brand. That's really cool. My first experience with Fuck Up Nights was actually in Bali when I was working over there for a couple of months with an entrepreneurship community. And I'd never heard of the concept before, you know, talking about your failures. It's, it's almost taboo. People don't yeah. talk about the bad times. And so for someone to be openly talking about that experience, but also this enti entire movement around it. I think that's it's pretty incredible. And so how many events have you hosted so far in Toronto? How long has it been going for? Yeah, so it's been going since 2017. So we're, we're close to our six year mark, which is kind of crazy to, to even think about wow. or, or believe. So since 2017, we've hosted, I would say just a little over 50 events. Most of them have been in person, but then of course, during COVID, we did experiment with, with lots of different virtual types of events. And, you know, we jumped on the bandwagon of, of trying out Clubhouse and, and some live streaming. So yeah, I would say with, with virtual and in person, just a little over 50 in total. Cool. I mean, who didn't try Clubhouse? I feel like <laughs> right? uh, everyone. Yeah. I feel um, like it had everyone. a very short sort of lifespan where it was very popular. Yeah. And people were becoming celebrities around. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Maybe another, another conversation for another day. But so uh, you've been going for, for six years and then you've had to switch to virtual. How do you really maintain that, that sense of belonging and keep everyone as engaged as a community? Yeah, I think, you know, the, the key to keeping your community engaged is consistency. That, that's really been my biggest lesson as, as a community builder and as a community professional. So I would say, you know, when I first launched Fuck Up Nights in Toronto, we started with bi-monthly events and then we were just seeing so much demand for it and so many great speakers coming through that it actually made sense to switch to monthly events and and really just you know like slot the speakers in and and kind of have like a continuous cycle of these events so it was almost sort of like always top of mind for folks we're always sharing it across social media we started getting some really great pr for it and i think just that consistency of you know like knowing that it's going to be you know every month on a thursday at kind of the, the same great location you know folks would just know to, to come out we would have a lot of repeat attendees so about with each event about 60 percent are, are repeat attendees and then 40 percent are, are new people that are finding out usually just through word of mouth and you know through through friends and, and folks that have attended or spoken in the past so I would say that consistency really like keeps that sense of belonging. It was a little bit tougher with, with virtual, you know, when we first shifted to virtual, when lockdown first started, we, we were doing like weekly fireside chats, we kind of shifted the format. And then as the lockdown kind of went through different shifts in Toronto, it was pretty strict, but there was a point where things kind of really opened up and we saw attendance really drop off and then it kind of picked back up in the fall when things locked down. But yeah, I would say keeping consistency was a little bit tougher in the virtual world and with just so many other virtual things happening. 
Yeah, there was almost this like choice paralysis for a while. Where, yeah. You know, at the beginning, it was like so exciting. Who was going to get their event on? And like, yeah. people doing different things. We're all adapting and learning. And then, and then it was like, oh, I just don't want to look at my phone anymore. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. There was just that sense of fatigue. So yeah, it was just like coming back in person again. This this past May was just so refreshing and and such a great step for the community. Definitely, I can imagine everyone was like, yes in-person events yeah. <laughs> that's cool so you're you're back to to hosting monthly events and you know you've kind of set that cadence for a while now how i mean knowing that events are a lot of work and and to be hosting it once a month how do you sustainably run you know do you have a team behind you how do you how do you maintain that yeah, really good question. Yeah, I would say having a team is really key. So I have a great team of volunteers that helps with it. We have a great venue partner. And, you know, just coming back from, from COVID and, and from lockdown, I really kind of like rethought a lot of things in the community and just thought of ways where, like, how can I streamline this? How can I make this easier than it was before? And then kind of less of a grind and, you know, just like more more fun and, and intuitive. So I'd say like one thing, we're in a slightly smaller space than we were pre-COVID. The space that we were at before is, is no longer hosting outside groups, unfortunately, but we're in a great new space. But it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a slightly more intimate event now, which is great, but that also means, you know, a little bit less when it comes to, you know, marketing and, and getting the word out about the event when you have a smaller space to fill. Um, you know, we have a lot of speakers that have kind of applied over over the lockdown period so you know just just really like going through those applications and, and making sure that you know the the really great speakers have have a spot and then just really delegating where i can to the team and you know really letting people shine in their specialties has been super helpful so i guess another question you brought up speakers how does that process work and how do they apply how do you kind of make sure you're consistently maintaining that quality. Yeah, it was really interesting, you know, with the first event that we had in 2017, it was it was tough to find really good speakers because, you know, like you said, the concept of sharing your failure, it's a little bit taboo. And this was the first event of its kind in Toronto where, you know, people were asked to come on stage and and share their biggest professional fuck up essentially in our, in a room full of strangers. So that first event, it took a lot of outreach and really like thinking through my personal community, looking through my LinkedIn, you know, looking for people that had really successful businesses and reaching out to them in a way that was like throughout your journey. Have, have you had any failures along the way? Would you be willing to share? And people kind of jumped on it and they're like, of course, I, I wouldn't even know which one to share. There, there's been so many, which is kind of a pattern, I think, with, you know, really successful, whether it's entrepreneurs or creatives or, or young professionals, they're experimenting and trying new things and, and failure really goes hand in hand with that. So I would say the first couple of events was really a lot of outreach, research, of looking for these people. After the first event, people started applying and, and reaching out directly to us to, to want to share their story. They like failure was becoming something that was kind of cool and really exciting to share. So it's been a really good mix of direct 
outreach, like our team reaching out to people, people filling out our speaker application, which is just a Google form that kind of captures, you know, the their failure and the lessons learned. A lot of our speakers also come from recommendations. So past speakers will recommend, you know, some, some folks in their network who they think would be great. The partners that we work with also have a great network of potential speakers. And then just with each event, I, I feel like it, it kind of spreads through, through word of mouth and people either apply or, or reach out to us. And then what we look for in a really great story, you know, we, we look for somebody that that has like an actual failure, which, which sounds really intuitive. But, you know, with any speaker series, a lot of people just kind of want to get up on stage and share something in front of this great community. But not everybody has a failure and not everybody is is, you know, willing to be really vulnerable and like really share their failure and take responsibility for it and share their lessons. So we look for for a story where, you know, there there was actually a failure and they're vulnerable enough to to really like give us a look at it. We look for failure stories that have kind of happened a little bit in the past. So the speaker kind of ha has had a chance to reflect on it and really kind of process their lessons, which they could share. And then we, we just look for people who are comfortable speaking, who, who are great storytellers. They don't have to be like a really popular speaker by any means or, or somebody that's on stage all the time, but somebody who's, you know, comfortable taking on this experience and is willing to be coached by our team and, you know, just go up there, be vulnerable and share their story. I think it, it definitely feels like this failure narrative. It makes everyone quite vulnerable, especially when they get on stage. I can see how that would create such a bond within the audience as well, because it kind of levels people out. It's like, if yeah. this can happen to someone, then, you know, it happens to me. And they're this like big personality or CEO or someone you look up to and you're like, actually, we're, we all can make mistakes or we can all make failures. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's really inspiring. And for the speakers themselves, it's, it's a very cathartic experience because, you know, a lot of them are sharing their failure in a public setting like that for the very first time. Some of them, you know, have even shared with, with a lot of their friends. So it's, it's really cathartic to kind of get it off their chest and just know that they're helping a community of people that are, are trying to succeed in their career or succeed with their business, really help those people avoid some of those same mistakes. So it's really rewarding, too. Have you got any favorite stories? <laughs> oh my gosh, there's been so many over the years. There's been a few that I, I've really related to on a personal level where I feel like there was some overlap with, with lessons that I've encountered through through some of my own failures. But I would say to like sum up really the stories that, that are my favorite are the ones where the speaker kind of shines a light on what was going on personally. So like Fuck Up Nights is meant to share stories of, of business failure, professional failure, but that's that never happens in a bubble. Like mental health is, is such a huge part of failure and it really goes hand in hand. And the speakers that kind of give us a look at, you know, my business was failing, but at the same time, you know, my marriage was falling apart or, or I was dealing with, with depression and anxiety or, you know, this other thing happened. Like it, ju it just gives such a, such a fuller story. So I would say those are, are some of my favorites. And oh my gosh, there's so many. I'm sure we can link a few in the show notes. Yeah, that'd be great. And now that we've talked about the events and you're bringing together this amazing community, I mean, what does success look like for your events? How would you measure that? Yeah, I would say like one big thing is just seeing 
people coming back to the events. You know, we, we want people to have that sense of belonging. We, we want them to keep coming back and, you know, engaging with the community. You know, maybe they've attended a few events and now they're ready to, to speak and share their own story. Maybe they're, they want to get involved as a volunteer on the team. I would say that's a big measure of success, just seeing that engagement and that sense of belonging. Another thing is seeing the connections that are made through the events in the community. That's been so rewarding to see just over the, you know, ironically at an event all about failure, business failure, people actually finding their co-founder for, for their next venture or finding their next job. There's been a, a couple that, that met at one of the events which is just so cute and, and so awesome. I would say another way that we measure success, we do a feedback survey after the events, which is anonymous and, you know, just really listening to the feedback from the community and, and really making sure that we improve upon the things that are coming up as a pattern. I would say those are the main things, you know, just, just seeing that, that sense of belonging, community connections coming out of it, and then great feedback. All right. And another key thing that I really wanted to discuss. Yeah. So you you have your own community podcast and I'd love to understand what was the story behind starting that podcast? Yeah, absolutely. So the podcast that, that I host is called Create Community. And I, I started it actually at a, at a pretty interesting time. It was, it was right before COVID. So I had the idea for it for a while, but I started recording episodes in February of, of 2020. So at first I was in a studio and then with lockdown shifted it virtual and started interviewing people all over the world. But really the whole premise of create community, I was seeing community become this kind of buzzword and especially during COVID. A lot of companies were talking about community. I, I felt like community was being misdefined in a lot of ways. Like one of my biggest pet peeves was seeing people refer to their email newsletter as a community or, you know, their Instagram as a community. So the reason to start this podcast, one, I wanted to define what community actually means. And two, I just wanted to, to show the people that are running these communities because they're a lot of the time, they're very much behind the scenes and they're, they're such incredible people and they have such amazing stories. So yeah, I just wanted to, to interview them, define what community actually means. And then with COVID and with this whole shift to virtual, a really big part of the narrative became what this community look like through through these times? How does it shift with with the with the changes in the world? And it's been really fascinating. Yeah, I definitely think it was such a, a needed thing during lockdown. There was so much confusion. There was so many people that were looking for support. And I definitely think having more conversations about community helped help to kind of show the people building these communities maybe for the first time that yeah this is this is probably the right way to do it and, and if you want to find some role models or idols or people that are doing it really well then your podcast definitely showed the way um i'd love to know what was your around picking the different speakers there's a lot of amazing speakers that you spoke to i saw david sping holly firestone some of my favorites yeah. Did you just pick it up random or, you know, was there a strategy behind those types of speakers and conversations? Yeah. So one really big thing I wanted to bring on people that I really admired 
and, and that were just really admired in the community space. And I wanted to have a mix of guests, some coming from like the, the typical world of community that we think of on the professional sense, which is usually like communities at work, tech companies that, that have their own community and the community builders behind those. But then I also wanted to have some really unexpected guests, you know, folks that are kind of like more indie community builders that have founded their their own community and have, have grown it and have a really interesting perspective. And then folks that maybe don't even have that like community manager or, or community professional title, but people that I really saw as connectors and people that, that were really creating communities without maybe defining it as a community. So there's been a whole mix of folks, you know, ranging from, from some of those like bigger like tech communities to, to people that have started really small communities independently in, in their local cities. One of I, I was able to get the founder of Burning Man on, on one of the podcasts, which was amazing. So there, there's just been a whole range of, of different types of communities and different types of community leaders. Was there any favorite conversation or any learnings you wanted to share? Yeah, I would say, well, the, the Burning Man one was was just huge. Like, I, I think that's such a well-known and incredible community, like, for anybody who's not familiar with it. They create this whole city in the desert and, you know, this this community form every year in, in one sort of central place. But then it's it keeps going throughout the year with, with local communities in different cities. And the timing of that conversation was during lockdown and, and they had to cancel one of their, their mass community gatherings. And then they created this whole virtual experience. And the community professional that I spoke to, the founder of Burning Man, she, she's been at it for, for many decades. And, you know, just whole, her whole perspective on community and how to like keep that fire burning through something was just so inspiring and, and so interesting. So that was a really big one. I did a really cool series right at the beginning beginning of lockdown called Community and Quarantine, which was kind of like a, a series of short interviews with, with a lot of different types of folks, like people who were, who were running professional communities, to people who had just moved to a different city and they were looking for their personal community and had to navigate that during lockdown when it was much harder to connect with people. So a, a lot of really great lessons came through that. And another really big theme was mental health as well, which I'm really passionate about. I think with lockdown, we saw a big transition with community and, you know, we're in a big world transition again with the global economy changing and shifting. And I think there's definitely the kind of similar situation happening during lockdown happening now. And I think yeah. more than ever, people are going to need these conversations and definitely need support. And I think all those themes and all those ideas would definitely resonate now as well. So if you're, if you're listening, definitely go back and listen to Marsha's conversations to get some inspiration now for sure all right so we've talked a bit about fuck up nights we've talked a bit about your podcast um i'd love to dive into to what you're working on now and what we can expect from you next i mean maybe we can start with now what are you what are you doing now yeah, so I, I recently started a new role at a company called Vizier, where I'm doing field marketing, which isn't exactly in the world of community, but but in a lot of ways it is. You know, I'm I'm in charge of creating some some really great intimate events and and working really closely with with our prospects and our partners and customers. And one of the really big things that I do want to bring to this role is you know building 
a sense of belonging and a sense of community with some of these events. So I'm, I'm really excited about that. I'm, I'm just in my first month, but I'm, I'm really excited to hit the ground running in the new year and execute some really great community style events. Fuck Up Nights is, is a huge focus for me. So we do have monthly events. We, we have some really great events and speakers coming up throughout the winter and spring, which I'm super excited about. And then Create Community, excited to get some new episodes off the ground for that as well. And then we're, we're recording this, you know, just before the holidays. And I'm, I'm honestly really excited to just kind of unplug and, and take some time for myself before all these lofty goals in the new year. Yeah, I think I'm with you on the on the break. And I think a lot of people will be feeling the same right now. It's been a, it's been a very busy year. And I mean, you do a lot on the side beyond just working. So it's really incredible to see all these things you're doing alongside your job as well. And I think... One of the last kind of questions I wanted to ask you was more around like the world has changed a lot and tech is a big industry that recruit and hire these community professionals. And we are seeing a lot of tech companies laying off at the moment. Um, do you have any message to share with any community professional on how to kind of navigate this current landscape right now? Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough time right now, especially to be in tech and to be in community. But something that, that really stands out to me is that, and you know, you kind of mentioned this as well, is that community is more important than ever. And I really believe that, you know, the companies that understand community, that really see the true value of it, they're they're not laying folks in, in their community teams and they're they're actually growing their teams. And so I would say don't give up on it. Keep looking for those opportunities and look for ways to, to start your own communities as well, to maintain that sense of belonging, to, to keep connected with folks throughout this difficult. I'd say that's something that really stands out to me. And then something else as well, like I mentioned with, with my role in field marketing, I think in any type of role, that you're in, there is a way to bring a community lens to it. And there is a way to kind of make sure that that you are connecting people and that you're fostering that sense of belonging. So I would look for ways to do that as well. Yeah, it's really true. Even if you want to start connecting people just for fun, that is a way where people can really grow and there's so much experience and learning, but you can take that into your role. You can take the learnings into, into the business as well. For sure. And anything for businesses, do you have a message out there for any business that are looking to build or start their community as well? Yeah, I would say a really big thing for businesses, especially ones that are new to community, a really big theme with community is patience. You know, community is not something that, that grows or scales overnight, and it's something that really does require an investment but it's so worth it and you know just really stick with it and and give that community professional or or that community a chance to really prove the value and you know just give it time you know it's it's not something that's going to happen overnight but once the community is off the ground and and it's growing it, it's something that really does scale and something that could be really incredible for your business so just Keep in mind the reasons that, that, you know, you started the community and don't give up on it. Just, you know, have faith in it. Yeah, I definitely agree. Don't give up. And, and that community does take time, doesn't it, to, to really show value. So if you're going to give up in the first month, of course, you're not going to see results. Any final remarks, Masha, that you want to share with the rest of the community? 
Yeah, just keep doing what you're doing. Community professionals are are so incredible. So, you know, don't give up. It's tough times out there, especially in the in the world of tech, but keep at it and take some time for yourself. You really can't give to your community if, if your own cup is empty. Definitely a valuable lesson. Thank you so much, Marsha, for speaking to me and, and speaking to the rest of the community. I hope we can have a, another follow-up discussion in the future because there's, you know, there's a lot going on in your world and, and I'm excited to see how that progresses. I love that. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. Thanks for coming with me behind the community. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a review. I'd also love to hear from you on LinkedIn. You can search Michelle Sims to find me. I'll see you on the next episode.